We're going to go ahead with Luke chapter 19 this morning, and we're going to look at verse number 10, but I want to read the whole passage. Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 10. Let's read it. The Bible says, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass, Jesus was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him, saw Zacchaeus, and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house." And he, Zacchaeus, made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, now who are these people they? They all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, and he had, he said, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I ask that you'd help us to think on these words that the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. And we thank you that the Lord Jesus Christ did come to earth to seek and save sinners. And Lord, being a sinner myself, I'm so grateful that Jesus came to die for sinners like me and like us. And I pray that you'd help us, that, there would be, that each person here today would leave knowing for sure they're saved and on their way to heaven because they've trusted in Jesus Christ as Savior. Lord, I pray you'd use the video that we'll watch in just a short time about 9-11 to also help us to focus on this fact that Jesus Christ is the ultimate one who came to rescue us from our sins. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Luke 18 is, is, is a passage that follows right on the heels of 17. In 17, the Bible talks about how difficult it is for a rich man to be saved. Now, why would that be? Well, because a rich man thinks he has everything, doesn't need anything. And so his needs are all met. So why would he need the Lord Jesus? The funny thing is, right after it says that it's di how difficult it is for a rich person to be saved, in chapter 18, the next chapter, you've got a rich man being saved. And that just shows that with God, all things are possible. And so you see this in this passage. Now, who was Zacchaeus? Well, we've got people today called Zach. How many of you know someone named Zach? You know someone named Zach. How many of you know someone named Zacchaeus? Anyone know someone named Zacchaeus? So not a normal name today. And yet Zacchaeus was a very common name back then. It would have been kind of like our Joe Smith. So it was a common Jewish name. Somewhere along the line in Zacchaeus' life, his country would have said that he took a wrong turn. 
because it got tied in with um, not just government, but the Roman government. And he became a tax collector for a foreign occupational force, the Roman Empire. And oh, the Jews didn't like the Romans, and they certainly didn't like tax collectors, and they didn't like tax collectors who collected Jewish taxes for the Romans. And so publicans were thought of in very dim terms. In other words, he would have been excommunicated from the synagogue, ostracized from his own family. He would have been considered one of the most seedy of people. The Bible talks about parlots and publicans. They put those two together in their mind. So they had a reputation of being seedy, thieves. And in this passage, Zacchaeus as much as admits it, as whatever I've taken by false accusation... I'll restore to, this, restore to those people. So he admits he'd stolen. Now, would you say that this guy was a normal tax collector, or would you say he was pretty high up? How do you know he's high up? It says he was the chief, chief of the, chief of the publicans. So this man worked his way to the top. He probably did not have a Roman official that he reported, anyone except the Roman official that he reported to. He would have been probably very rich. He had one uh, physical problem. What was his problem? His short. How many of you have been teased for being short to, uh, at some point? We just slip a hand up in the air. You've been teased for being short. Uh, there's others who, <laughs> Mr. Rhodes, that is not true. That is not true. Well, you know, sometimes people get teased for being short. I don't know anyone gets teased for being tall. But um, you, can just say, you can just say, that's okay down there. Shrimp. You can, you can always tease back and give them a hard time. But, uh, and there may have been some who didn't raise their hand today because though they've been teased, they'd rather not talk about it. Well, this was a fella who was short. Now, in a day when the average height, history says, back in that day in Israel, average height of a man was five foot six. Five foot six. This guy was considered so short he couldn't see over anybody. So, uh, do we have anyone who's around five foot six? Mr. Ross, could you stand up for a moment? <laughs> I'm not going to make you come up here. Um, so five, six. So let's see, let's see. I, I won't pick on anybody who doesn't want to be picked on. Uh, Joel, you look like you don't mind being picked on for a moment. Okay. Joel, would you mind coming up and just standing right up here next to him? Now, imagine if Joel was a full-grown man named Zacchaeus. Now, um, step kind of off to the side over here, Joel. So would you mind kind of acting as though you're back-to-back and facing this way? So you face, you face this way, and you face this way. Now look at that. Can you see? Now take a step apart from each other. The one this way. Okay, can you see? I would imagine Zacchaeus was actually shorter than Joel. That's what I believe. In other words, he, thank you so much, Joel. Zacchaeus could have been, if the average height was about five, uh, you know, five, six, Zacchaeus likely was around the four-foot mark. That's pretty short. There might have been some people who considered him, would have considered him today <clears throat> to be a midget. He was a very powerful, very rich, filthy rich, mostly considered filthy by the Jews. Looked down upon, despised, little short guy. 
But somewhere along the line, he heard about Jesus. I wonder if he found out that one of Jesus' disciples was Matthew, the publican, the tax collector. And Jesus actually had one of his disciples, a publican like me. Maybe even under Zacchaeus' charge. And he found out somehow that Jesus Christ would heal and could save and this little tiny short fellow the bible says well look at aren't the words wonderful imagine this rich little short guy verse 7 he at verse 3 he sought to see jesus who he was because he couldn't see he's too short his eyes were good his height was not so much and verse 4 and he ran he, he runs ahead of jesus he climbs up in a, can you imagine a little bitty four foot guy climbing a tree now at our house we have sycamore trees and the sycamore trees, I cannot imagine anyone climbing a sycamore tree. So sycamore trees, brother bird, they've got to come in all sizes and shapes. Because the sycamore trees at our house, <clears throat> they're about that big around, and they go straight up for a ways. And the bark all kind of flakes off them, and they get real slick. And so this one had to be a little one with ones closer to the ground. And there's all different types, I understand. But when I think of this little guy climbing a tree, and he's very rich, he obviously... It didn't matter what he had to do. He wanted to see Jesus. And the Bible tells us that he climbs up a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. The Bible says that when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. The Bible says Zacchaeus received Jesus joyfully. He was very excited that Jesus was coming to his house. So, let me just point out before we get into the message too far. Sometimes what we consider to be about ourselves physically, um, things that we don't like, sometimes they can be the very thing God uses to work in our life. And God's been at work in your life through your personal history. And you'll be able to look back someday and you'll be able to see the hand of God guiding in your life. And I believe we're going to be in awe of how God was guiding and directing our steps. Now, I wanted us to see that this man, very much looked down upon by the culture, by society, Jesus said, today I must abide at thy house. That's in verse 5. Now, that's pretty amazing. There are some people in a culture and society that are sinners like us, but there are sometimes there's people that are looked down upon. It's true. There are folks that, that for one reason or another, <coughs> they, are, they are put down. And maybe it's because some have, like this man, up front, sins that everybody sees. And the rest of us have sins too, but they're not quite so prominent. And so this man, everyone hated and despised because he was a tax collector. And the Bible uses this time for Jesus to say the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Lost. Let me tell you, 
This is a man, Zacchaeus, who knew he was a sinner and needed to be saved. By the way, the worst place you can be in all of the world, the worst place is to be in a place where you don't see yourself to be a sinner. That is a dangerous place to be. You see the, the, the sin in the world out there, but you don't see the world of sin that's in ourself. Very, very fearful place to be. And I want to encourage you today by telling you, number one, about the Lord Jesus' mission. The Lord Jesus' mission. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus was on a mission. Couldn't you call it a mission of mercy? A mission of mercy? Did Jesus come to earth for His sake or for ours? Did He come to gain or did He come to give? Did He come to make Himself better and lift Himself up or did He come to die and give up His life for us? Yes, to die for us. We're sinners. And the Bible says He came to seek and to save that which was... He came to save lost people. Not good people. Lost people. In fact, the Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The Bible says, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. If a person doesn't see themselves as a sinner or as ungodly, there's no hope for them to be saved. We have to see ourselves truly who we are, a sinner in need of Jesus Christ, the Savior. Oh, it was a mission of mercy. It was also a great mission. Jesus came to seek and to save. Now, the, the lost. What's interesting is that um, he told a woman at Canaan that he was not, he didn't come for the Gentiles, but for the lost house of Israel. Hmm. And truly, in Jesus' ministry, um, did he ever leave Israel physically? No. He stayed in one nation, one area. You say, what about Samaria? That was in Israel. So, but you know what the Bible says? The Bible says, of course, today in Christ there's neither Jew nor Gentile. And in Christ, the Bible says, for God so loved the world. He loves all people. He's not willing that any should perish. And this, this passage goes beyond. And it says, he came to seek and to save whoever's lost. Now that's it's wonderful. It's a great mission. Because if, think about it, Jesus limited his ministry to Israel at that time. Let me ask you, if we were to limit our whole church ministry just to Nashville, would we have enough, are there enough people there that we could spend the rest of our lives just in Nashville? That's a big ministry. This is, it was a big ministry. And Jesus Christ, he's under the Roman Empire in Israel. And it's amazing what biblical Christianity can do. We're looking at a culture right now that is so degraded. And we're looking at America, and there's a lot of shame in America right now. There's shame for how we left Afghanistan. There's shame for all these people over there that are, were put to death. There's, there's a whole generation of military that served over, over there, and they're looking back and saying, why did we leave them like that? There's a lot of hurt because of decisions that were made. There's, there, there's a... There's a lot of things going on in America in regard to both sickness and also the use of a sickness to push a, a top-heavy state agenda. There's, there's a lot, that, lot going on in America. But I'll remind you that the Roman Empire in the days of Jesus was vile. In fact, the emperors were madmen. They were monsters. Take Nero. 
Take Caligula. Take some, read some of them. They're horror stories, what they did to people. Like back in that day, Rome was filled with idols, statues of idols. Thank God most of them have been torn down. I wish they were all torn down. But the city was full of idols like Jupiter and Mercury, like Venus and Bacchus. And there was a lot of pagan sensuality tied to these temples. Back then, slaves were often tortured. Hundreds of gladiators were put in amphitheaters a few at a time just to, just to um, help cause the crowds that were so bloodthirsty to have enjoyment. And then comes biblical Christianity into the Roman Empire. And suddenly there's these people, little Christ, Christians. And they're going around teaching that we're supposed to love each other. It's so countercultural. They're, they're teaching that we're to serve as Christ serves us, that we're to fear the one true God, not all these gods out here. They teach that we should... We shouldn't treat, treat people cruelly like this. And you know what? It wasn't a long time before this small voice in Rome of biblical Christianity begins to spread. And suddenly you have soldiers in Caesar's palace who are Christians. Paul's witnessing to his guards. And you have guards in the palace. And God has his people in the most unusual places as witnesses. And then you find out that that there's this persecution that rises up. The believers are scattered. This is all in Acts. The Bible talks about this. And wicked men were going to try to put down and stamp out biblical Christianity forever. You know what? Biblical Christianity won out over the Roman Empire. And the bloody amphitheaters were, were, were closed to business. Idols were broken down. And I'm telling you, Christ can still save a culture if the light in the culture for Christ will shine. There may be persecution, but God can still use the light to drive out darkness. You say, Pastor, I think it's too late for America. Then shine where God put you and live for Christ Christ came to seek and to save people who are lost. And I, I want to share with you not just the Lord Jesus' mission, but the message. He's come to seek and to save that which is lost. Now, this is, this is very, very encouraging, I think. God in heaven cares for you, and he is concerned for you. Did you know that? God in heaven cares for you. It's pretty amazing I mean, God's people are interested in your salvation, but God himself is interested. The Bible says he came to seek and save that which was lost. Imagine a family where there's several children, and one of the children is lost. And let's, let's say it's a little girl. And let's say she's a very normal little girl. Um, to look at her, she's like her siblings. But suddenly, all the attention of the whole family is focused on finding that one little girl. And they spread out, and everyone is concerned. They call the police. There goes out the Amber Alert. And all of you across the whole area get this Amber Alert on your phone to look for this little girl. And there's a wide search. 
people, it goes on for days. And as the days go by, people become more, the parents become more hopeless. And there is a heaviness over a whole community because a little girl has gone missing. You know what? That is, can you imagine what the Bible's saying when it says that Jesus Christ came to seek and to save that which is lost? I'll tell you, I, I wrestled with whether to tell you a story. In our family, there was a time when um, my wife was going to take the girls and go up to, I think it was Portland, Portland Cares. We love going to Portland Cares. And so we're going to go to Portland Cares and, and do some looking up there. And um, I, uh, Rebecca, we always define, these children are staying with you at home and these children are going with me. So we defined that. Any of you ever do that? Okay, so we do that. We define which children are going with Rebecca and which children are staying home. So a little while later, um, the kids are playing. I'm doing some studying or some work on something. And, um, and one of the kids says, where's Jubilee? And I said, I don't know. She's here somewhere. So we'll just go look in your bedroom. Look, she's probably hiding somewhere. She might be under a bed or doing something. So they go look for her. And they said, Pop, we can't find her. You've got to understand, our house backs up to Pooh Bear's 100-acre woods. It backs up to woods and woods and woods. And this little girl, Jubilee, is one of the... Do you ever have a child that wasn't scared of anything? That would just, just walk right up to dogs? Walk right up to... Just walk out in the woods? And you'd, you'd have to... How many of you ever had a child like that? Would just walk. Just walk. And they weren't scared. they just take off. And I had... Well, Jubilee was our, our range, range, rangy person. And she just... She would take off and we'd say, Whoa, that's Jubilee. She's... She's 20 foot out in the woods out there, going down the hill. And uh, go rope her and bring her back. And so uh, we played this game a couple times. So I thought, well, she probably just walked around a little bit. So we began, first we'll search the house. So Pop is at home. Jubilee is my ward. She's my little girl. I'm supposed to be taking care of her. Rebecca's gone with the other ones. And so we search the house. And then we say, I think, we, I think at this point we need to pray. And so we pray, Lord... Where's Jubilee? This is getting a little scary. So we search the house again. And then we're outside, and the kids are calling, Jubilee, Jubilee. You ever, you ever, you ever done this before, played this, and, and it's, you don't want to shout so loud that the neighbors hear, but you want to shout so loud that she hears. And then after a while, it doesn't matter who hears. I don't care. I just want to find Jubilee. And we're shouting, and we're going to the woods, and there's a path through the woods that we blazed, a trail back there that we can walk the hiking path. And so I send some kids on the hiking path all the way around. You can't find Jubilee anywhere. And then I'm starting to think, well, the neighbor did say that there have been some bobcats spotted in the area. And I think, oh, God, please help us to find this little girl. And I'm, I'm, I think I'm about ready to have a heart attack. I don't know what's going to happen. Lord, what happened to this little girl? She's lost. And I thought, maybe I should call Rebecca and ask. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not calling her. And so um, I kept looking. I'm going down near the road. Maybe she went down the hill all the way to the road, and she's walking down the road somewhere. What if someone's picked her up? Your mind's going crazy. What if there's a hunter out in the woods? Oh, Lord, what's happened to my little girl? She's lost. I'm getting scared. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, Lord. What's happening to my girl right now? Where is she? And I, I just, I'm praying and search the house again. We searched again. And I, 
finally said, I think I've got to call Rebecca. And so I called like a very strong, scared dad. And I said, hey, Rebecca, um, who do you have with you? Who do you have with you? And she said, well, and she named him. And I thought, Jubilee's not there. And I said, and she, why, why do you ask? Well, we're trying to find Jubilee and can't find her. And then Rebecca, she's scared. She'd been gone for a little while. And, um, and then from the back seat of the van underneath, the back seats, they find they'd just gone into a store. They come back out and they find her. She's asleep under the back seats. And Rebecca reminds me she was crying. So they went in the store. She slept all the way there. When Rebecca came out with the kids, they hear her crying as they approach the van, and she's inside the car crying. She, see, what she did was, she's not when she, she, she knew she was supposed to stay home, but she really wanted to go with Mama. And that's fine. I don't mind that. But she sneaked in the van, it went to the back of the van and laid down. And then when she was hiding back there, she must have fell asleep. Well, let me tell you, I'm crying. My little girl, she's, she's lost, she's found, and now I'm crying. And I'm telling you, when, when, when that hit me, I just thought, oh, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you, God. Thank you for sparing this little girl. I'm telling you, Jubilee, she's, she's not as smart as the others because she's younger. She may not be as strong as the others because she's younger. But at that moment, everyone was focused on Jubilee because she's lost. You know, all the attention she got wasn't because she was a good little girl but because our love for her couldn't stand the thought of what could happen to her. And that's the same with you, friend, if you're lost. You see, what happens is the Bible says that Jesus Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. Heaven is interested in you. God loves you. The Father sent His Son to be the Savior of the world to save you because... Can I put it this way? All of his attention is on you being saved. All of his attention. And it's not like it's just God puts out a little bit of a search party for us. It's not like God said, Pastor Lang, I'm calling you to be the one who goes out and searches for the lost. He said, no. And if we could, if we could see, it'd be like the gates, the gates of heaven opened. And the Son of God Himself stepped out and took off His robe of His reputation and laid it aside. And God the Son Himself came. He came for you. He came because heaven was interested in you. And He became, he became a man. A baby in Bethlehem. A child in Nazareth. 
a grown man on Calvary who laid down his life. And it ought to encourage you because none other than God Himself came after you. You know what? You think about what I just told you about my little girl Jubilee. Our Ariana Jubilee. We gave her the name Aria after the, a song that's sung by one. Ariana Anna is grace. And we wanted her as as a solo singer, to always be able to lift up the grace of God. Ariana Jubilee. And when we found her, there was such relief. There was tears. There was gladness. You know what? What joy you would bring to God and the people of God if you who are lost would be saved. The Bible says in Luke 15, Likewise I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. It says, it doesn't say there's joy among the angels. It says there's joy in the presence of the angels. Who's in the presence of the angels? God. Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? God Himself. That, I mean, that's, that's amazing. How can God, the Son of God, who sits on the throne to the right hand of the right hand of the Father, and He is at His right hand, or pleasures forevermore. He's filled with joy. In fact, we say the joy of the Lord, the Bible says, is our strength. He is filled with joy. He's filled with enjoyment. How can He have more joy when a sinner gets saved? Isn't that wonderful? But if you're lost, you could cause great joy in heaven and on earth because you're no longer lost. You're saved. You're found. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. And when I think of this as the Savior's mission, He came to rescue me from my sin. i just tell you this. You ever thought about this? If I could do something that would make my Father in heaven very glad, very joyful, I would love to do that today. You ever wish you could be saved again? You can't be saved again because once you're saved, you have eternal life. You have everlasting life. But have you ever heard the gospel and say, if I wasn't saved, I'd be saved right now? You ever thought that? If I wasn't saved, I'd be saved now. The thought of bringing joy to my Father in heaven, bringing joy in the presence of the angels, and the rejoicing up there, it would be the relief, oh, so much more relief, even than jubilee being found and Pastor Lang just crying. There'd be such joy. Don't you believe when there's joy in heaven, in the presence of the angels, don't you? Can't, when my, I remember my, seeing my mom when I was a little boy, get excited about something, and she heard someone got saved, and she just clapped her hands and said, like this. I think, of, what do people do in heaven when they're joyful when someone gets saved? Well, I remember my mom once doing this. She clapped, in fact, I, I, if I remember right, she did it like this. Something like this. Like she was saying, thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. You know what? What joy it brings to God and what joy to the family of God when a person gets saved. I want to be about my father's business. I want to be in the business of seeing heaven rejoice and the lost be found. I'm glad Jubilee's found. But how much better if someone who's lost is found? That's why he came to seek and save you. He loves you so much. We're going to show right now the video as the closing illustration. 
Rescue 9-11 of someone who went and found two men and the last two survivors of 9-11. I'll say a few words and we'll be done. All right. If you can't see, go ahead and get in a place where you can see. It's all right. You can move around if you need to. To be a part of the mission that Jesus Christ came on to seek and to save that which was lost. If you're here today and you've never received Christ as your Savior, I can't think of a better day to do it. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Christ died because He loves you and He wants you to be saved too. And it's wonderful to know that God Himself cares for you, loves for you, sought you out, and He came seeking to save that which was lost. If you're here and you're willing to admit, Pastor Lang, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm lost. I know I deserve death and hell. But I want to put my trust in Jesus Christ that He died the death I deserved, that He took my punishment. And if you'll call Him to save you, He will save you today, bring you into God's family. You'll be God's child and you'll have everlasting life. And I don't know why you wouldn't do it now. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to ask you, if you want to be saved and put your faith in Jesus Christ, I challenge you right now, right where you are, to cry out quietly to God, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I deserve death for my sin. But I do believe Jesus died in my place taking my punishment. And right now, I trust Jesus alone to save me. And if you, as best you know how, called out just now and said, ask the Lord to save you, would you just slip your hand up in the air and put it right back down? Pastor, as best I know how, I ask the Lord to save me. How many of you can look back at your life and say, you know what? The Lord has already saved me, and I'm so thankful He did. He came to seek and to save that which was lost, and He saved me. We just left a hand up in the air. I know I'm saved. He saved me. Such a blessing. Such an encouragement. You can put your hands down. Will you take Him up on His mission? He's called us to the same mission, to seek and to save that which was lost. And isn't it wonderful? There's someone who knows where to find the lost and how to save him. We know so little. We're so weak. We're so feeble. But here comes the one who leads us. And you already know him. He has pierced hands. He's full of compassion. And he says, I will lead the search. I will go with you. Who will go for me? And whom shall I send? I can't help but think there's many of us here today that would lift our hand and say, Here am I, Lord, send me. Lord, use me to bring someone who is lost to a saving knowledge of Christ. Here am I, Lord, send me. With heads bowed, in fact, I want you to do this. Let's all look up here for a moment. Would you look up here? I want to challenge you this morning these cards they're 9-11 on the back it has the qr code it says watch the video rescue 9-11 i want to challenge you to take some with you today 
and to give them out this week. You can walk up to people and you can say, you know, this past week was the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And on here, it actually tells a video story of the last two survivors pulled out. And it also tells how to be saved eternally from your sins. 14, 15 minute video. Can I give it to you? You know what? Folks may never come to church. They might come to church, but maybe they will trust them even at home first. And let's put it in their hands. And I want to ask you, how many would just say, Pastor Lang, they're on the back table. I'm willing to take up the mission, seeking and saving that which is lost, and I'll take some home with me and hand them out this week as the Lord gives me opportunity. I'm going to ask him to lead me in his mission. And I would challenge everyone who's willing to, to at least take five cards and get them out. Would you do that? Father in heaven, Lord, thank you for allowing us to be about our Father's business. Thank you for this great video we've seen. Thank you for saving the lost. And each one of us here has at one point in our life prior to this been lost. We're so thankful you saved us. Please help us as we take them out this week that we would see folks saved, that folks who received this yesterday, that they would be saved. And Lord, I pray for any here today who still have not trusted in Christ alone, that they would make that decision soon and that there might be rejoicing in your house, Father, rejoicing there and rejoicing here as well. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You are dismissed.